Hello, this is Ricky Hobbs with Mercy Street Ministries, and I'm live in the studio with evangelist Rick Doan. And um, he and I have uh, just recently, in the last uh, month or so, uh, become friends, and uh, I've asked him, invited him uh, to our podcast show, so I um, want to give him an opportunity just to share his heart with others. And uh, Evangelist Stone, it's great to have you on the live here on our, in our studio broadcasting. So um, what's on your heart today? Well, first of all, let me say it's, it's wonderful to be a part of this. Um, we've loved uh, meeting you and becoming friends and uh, the Bible says it's good for the brethren to dwell together in unity, and we've definitely felt a kindred spirit with you and your ministry, and we've enjoyed uh, talking with you as we have. And uh, we love your website and all the teaching opportunities that are on there, and I, I just thank God for for you and for your ministry, and we're just glad to be here and be a part of what God is doing. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great work, too. I appreciate that. It sounds like you're doing a great work where, where you're at, and... Um... So what what has God placed on your heart um, to do in the Great Commission? Well, we've been, uh, for some time now, we've been pastoring uh, in a local church here in Richmond, Indiana, where we are. And God some time back laid on our hearts uh, more of getting outside of the walls. It's kind of become a cliche, but getting more outside of the walls and and, uh, reaching the one, as with the prodigal son and the one that uh, seems to get away, God's really laid on our hearts to be after those and uh, the unlovables and the ones that nobody else seems to want. And that's one appreciation we've had for your ministry with working with uh, the homeless and those less fortunate. And um, So we've been uh, answering that call, and it's caused us to do some refocusing in our ministry. And We've stepped away from our pastoring duties and taken on more of the uh, all of an evangelist, and uh, we've been going around to uh, different pastors here in the city, seeing what they're doing to reach out, and uh, we've got enough churches, it would seem, in this day and age, and what we've been trying to do is go around and strengthen the pastors that are already in place and encourage them and see what we can do to help them to uh, for the body to begin working together as one again. So, so Rick... Um... I know that there's other people that that have the same um, call on their life, and what does it feel like? What do you? I mean, are you seeing people differently? I mean, if you're going, if you're if you're driving in in your automobile down the road and you see someone hungry, um, that has an appearance of of being homeless, does it feel different now? Has something changed? And you know, I, when I teach, I talk about you can see the need. And another concept is you can hear the need. Is it something's changed? Well, I can honestly say God's been training us for where he's taking us for quite some time. Um, We've always been one to uh, follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and if God leads us to uh, give to someone, there's been times where we've been in a gas station and and God would tell us to give a certain amount of money to, uh, obviously, a complete stranger, and um, there's been times we've been instructed to turn down different streets and uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and find those that we wouldn't have found otherwise. So God's had us going through that training for some time uh, in order to uh, 
bring us to this place. So I think we still see people as we always have, but he's definitely bringing about more opportunities to do more than we ever have. Well, you're blessed, um, Rick, uh, Pastor, Pastor or Evangelist Stone, because not everybody sees the need. And um, I, I've seen that in my ministry that someone just would walk by and not even, you know, I'm, so I'm wondering, where is the compassion? Where is the love? And and so those people walking by sometimes are people I actually need to minister to as well. But you just reminded me of a scripture in Isaiah thirty twenty one, and it says it says this. It says, uh, "And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left, so God can actually guide you, like you're saying." I want you to yeah. give. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And uh, a lot of people maybe don't always um, know how to understand and hear that voice. And and there's um, there's ways I think that we can share so that others um, can know that voice. Because um, you know he said, "My my my sheep hear my voice." Um, right. What? How? How is? How does God speak to you? You know, that's a question that you hear so much from, uh, especially new Christians. They say, how do I know it's God talking to me? And God indeed does speak to us in a lot of different ways. Um, he spoke through a still small voice to Elijah when he was in the cave, you know, as you know, running from Jezebel. And um, he spoke to Balaam through the donkey. And so God can speak to us in a, in a myriad of ways. But I think he speaks to us first through his written word. And I always tell people that's your fail-safe when, when you don't you don't hear an audible voice and when you don't feel a prompting in your spirit, you can always go back to the written word of God. It's forever sealed. It never changes, and it's always got the answers that you're looking for. You know, God gave us all the wonderful examples through the Bible of, of David and Isaiah and Saul and the disciples, and all of them faced many troubles and many trials in their life. They all faced a lot of different things. And so from that, I always try to teach people you can draw from the examples of how they behaved in trouble. And especially Jesus, when you're wanting to know how to minister more effective to people, his example is the best example we can follow, obviously, because everything he did, he did for the Father in order to please the Father. And when you want to be pleasing to the Father, I always uh, believe that the best thing to do is go to Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, and uh, if we do as he did, we won't have any problem hearing the voice of God, and uh, the written word to me is the absolute best way to hear the voice of God. I, I, I believe that is so accurate, and you can never go wrong. I uh, teach I teach this way, which is saying the same thing maybe in a different uh, a different way. And so what I say is this, is that if you want to learn to listen to God, then if you just open up the Gospels and you begin to read, and it, and that the more that you begin to read, the more that you begin, as you were saying, is that you, you more you begin to learn of his will and his nature and his compassion and his care. So the more that you begin to read of him, what I've seen is the more they begin to hear of him, you can hear him more. 
and you begin to hear that voice in the scriptures that begin to call out for that call that God's placed in your heart. And he, he begins to increase that call and he begins to increase that ability to listen so that when you are in the streets that you can hear that, like you said, that still small voice. Doesn't It's just a quiet voice of leading you and guiding you along that journey. And um, I know a lot of people are running from church to church to hear a, a prophetic word. But there is so many beautiful words and the words of God that are specifically for you and I and so many others that he has spoken. I like what he what, what he's what he did so many times you'd pick it up and, and read it. It is written. He would speak what's written. You know what we can read has already been tested, hadn't it? He's That's already right. walked it out. The apostles have walked it out and they've lived it. And so so I conclude when I'm sometimes teaching, I said, could it be that the more that we read of him, the more that we receive of him? Because we begin to receive more of his nature. And I think that that's true because it says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more that we hear of the word of God, the more faith that he begins to increase and I'm suggesting, too, that the more you read, the more that you can hear him. That's absolutely the truth. And, and it all comes down to personal relationship with him. Um, if I only talk to my wife once a week or, or once a month or only only went to her when I wanted something or needed her to do something, we wouldn't have much of a relationship at all. And that's how a lot of Christians handle the relationship with God in this day and age. They they talk to him once a, a week on Sundays and, and pour out all their needs and troubles and get up before he has opportunity to talk back. But, you know, as a parent, when you have a child, uh, you can be in a room with a 100 children. And if your child cries out, you'll hear it over all the rest. Why? Because you have a relationship with that child, you've listened to its voice for so long that you know it. And I believe we can reach the same place with God, that when he speaks, no matter what's going on around us, uh, whether we're, I, I tell of a story when we went to, a, I went to a grocery store one time to pick up some ice cream. And uh, as we left, there were some teenagers standing down on the sidewalk, and God instructed me, even though my mind and stomach were firmly set on the consumption of that ice cream, God instructed me to go talk to them. Now, there would have been a time in my life I would have missed that because, uh, you know, I like my ice cream, and that's just how it is. But because of knowing his voice and knowing it was him, uh, we didn't hesitate to, to go talk with those uh, teenagers and ended up having a wonderful time with them. So I believe when you spend enough time in prayer, not only praying and speaking yourself, but allowing that quiet time to hear him, you'll learn his voice and, and know how to hear him uh, much more efficiently. And then when you do, it says in John ten twenty seven, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And Rick, this is interesting, too. I was thinking in, in Genesis 3, 8, and it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. So even the world, these you know, they were in sin at that time. Even the world can hear him. Yeah. You know, and people are, are really kind of without excuse because we all can hear him. 
but then there begins to what we're talking about is the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. What is God wanting to do to a life right now? I've seen uh, so many situations that I remember some that are um, are um, so remarkable to talk about how the Holy Spirit can be so exacting that sometimes I can hear his voice and sometimes I will literally um, be able to see what a need is that I'll give you an example of, in terms of um, seeing what a need is. That there was a there was a uh, a person that was a a chaplain that was calling out for help to to be um, freed from from the nightmares and problems and struggles and things that he had had. And what I um, what I before I began to to pray for him, what I saw was this black pickup that went by this convenience store like three times. And I saw the person go in and reach over and buy something that looked like a book from the counter, a magazine. And so I spoke to him and I said, the Lord would say that when it began was, I said, you went by three times the convenience store and you went in and bought the book. And you know what book that was, and he just broke. And so God's wanting to speak to his people. We have to be careful as he leads us that we don't cross over into what is us and what is him. And that develops more and more, I think, through zero pride, humility, and the pure love of God for some people. Evangelist home? No. It's all people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For God so loved who? The world. That he gave. His only begotten right. son. So there's different ways, I guess I'm saying, that the Holy Spirit works in that there is the timing of God too. You know, that when he when He has spoken to you, that there are specific timings in in, in that you need to do something for a life, and when you do that, have you have you seen a testimony that they were just looking for this? Yeah, I can think of a, a young lady. We were in the, a local grocery store and uh, seen a young lady that I hadn't seen in several years. I've known her for quite a while, but hadn't seen her in quite some time. And as we approached her, uh, God began to speak to me about her. And I walked up and... Uh, and said exactly what God had given me to say. And this young lady broke, and the tears began to stream, uh, standing there in the grocery store. And we were able to uh, stand there and pray with her. And uh, from the last I know, she's still uh, in in church and still with the Lord. And uh, it's all about that perfect timing of God. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how important timing is, but even his creation, this universe, everything operating within the nanoseconds that has to be just perfect and paul wrote um, you know about us being predestined uh, god has opportunities in our lives god has people in our lives he has all of these things that we're going as we travel this road called life the intersections and the stop signs and the highways the, the upper speed limits the lower speed limits god has all of that designed in our lives um, because he is the perfect designer, and timing is perfect with God all the time, if we'll listen to him and do what he says when he says to do it. 
I um, I, I was um, sitting in in uh, my den one day, and I felt led to go to uh, Martin Luther King Park in my city. And so I told my wife, I said, "It's it's time to go. I'm I'm gonna go." And um, so I just put my Nike pants on, Nike suit, and uh, grab grab some information and drove over there. And when I got into the park, I just looked and. And that's why I say sometimes you can just see the need. I saw the person. I walked over to him, and I said, I'm an evangelist. And I said, um, I don't know if you've been praying, but I'm here to, to ask you a question. And he said, what took you so long? And he said, I haven't been back in this park for almost six years. And he said, um, I was prosecuted for killing someone. And he said, um, there was it was under unusual circumstances and he said i'm out of prison and i'm back i'm back to the spot where it all happened and he said uh trying to figure out what to do in my life and i'd prayed and asked god to send someone to me and he said uh what took you so long and i said well i live 22 minutes away and i said but i heard and so i um rick i i've seen it in in my ministry but i've seen it in my own life that where God sends someone to to speak to me and to help me uh, so often, and I I love that um, He is. I, and I want to say this, and so that people that are listening realize it. But Jesus Christ is absolutely alive. Yes. And you know, I think not everybody knows that. Not everybody in church actually knows that He's truly, truly alive. Because it says to die is gain. Lose your life, you'll find it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. This is totally different kinds of principles, Rick, that we live. And But if we really know that to die is gain, then to go out into an alley, to go out into the dark, to go out into the streets, yes, we have a concern for a family. We have a concern for a responsibility. But in the call of God, a friend of mine, Arthur Blessed, says the safest place on earth is in the will of God. And I believe that we go out in the will of God, that if something did happen, we know that it says to be absent from bodies, be present with the Lord. So there should be no fear because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. And so I thank Rick, um, Evangelist Stone, and my name's Rick and his name's Rick, so don't get confused if you're listening to this recording. Because we've got two Ricks on the phone right now. But I think I think what um, God does is that he not only calls, but he equips. And he, he, um, he wants us to um, be his hands and his feet, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, we're all members of one body. And, you know, you were talking, and I was, I was sitting here thinking, um, I think one of the greatest challenges that men and women face today in, in following the call of God and doing uh, the things that he has called us to do, I think one of the greatest challenges to that is selfishness. And I was reminded of Abraham when God sent him uh, with Isaac, his only son, and his instruction was for Abraham to, to kill his son. And Abraham loved God so much and trusted God so much that even with the chance of him not coming back with his son, he still went willingly 
and uh, he heard the voice of God clearly to go, and he heard the voice of God clearly to stop when the, when the messenger of the Lord cried out and said, there's a ram called in the brush. Uh, but Abraham went and willingly went without any regard to himself, without any regard to his family. And uh, a local pastor here in town has been t- uh, preaching a series on selfishness over the last few weeks and just doing a wonderful job. And uh, people squirm and people get uh, uncomfortable with that kind of teaching. But it is the one thing that can keep us from ever accomplishing fully that great commission and going into the highways and byways, as Jesus said. And it's hard sometimes to be crucified with Christ, but it is a necessity to ever accomplish what he's given us to do. It's pretty much the same question, like for a ministry, because one question that I'll use in the streets in my approach is is I'll tell them it's just going to take a minute to talk to you, but I just want to ask you a question that if you absolutely died tonight, what is it? Is it heaven or hell? That might be my approach. Another approach that I might do is this. 100 years, so I'll just start, I'll just walk up and introduce myself as an evangelist. And I said, so I'll say 100 years from tonight, where are you going to be? And so like you were talking about time in terms of milliseconds and things, and the reference of time, if we really think about it, we only have so long on this earth to have an effect upon other people's lives. And it is, in the Lord's timing, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, so he's that timeline. He's the beginning and the end. So he is that time. And so he he is time in, in, in its essence. And so we're not here long. Not long at all. And so, while there is time, I was just writing in my last newsletter, while there is time for the harvest, we need to use it. And I'm concerned about all of the things that I see that, you know, from, if you look from the economy, um, there is there is a stability factor in these large inner cities that are about to be disrupted. And there are people's um, times are changing in a very serious way. But I pray God can, as a Rubik's Cube, just do a few clicks and put this world back together. But this world is broken financially right now, isn't it, Evangelist Stone? And it's broken in so many different ways. People's lives are broken and they're waiting for someone to help them to get, put their life back together. And he's also they're also waiting for someone that can bring them hope because they can't find it anywhere they turn. You know, we're all one of the things that uh one of the things that we were intending on discussing on, on this tonight was opportunities to minister in your community. And I'm sure you've heard as well as I have those that say um, well, we don't know who to minister to, or uh, nobody we knows really needs that. But I find it hard to believe that people can't find opportunities to minister. Uh, it may be difficult from your couch or from your recliner, 
but if you get out and walk, you can walk a couple of blocks in any city and any place that you live in your community, and you can find plenty of opportunities to minister. Uh, even here where we live, um, you know, we've got a 93-year-old elderly lady across the street that we always make sure her sidewalk is shoveled from snow and uh, different neighbors around us. People think that's not ministering, but ministering is just simply reaching out. It's a verb. It's not just a noun. You're not a minister by just being a pastor or a, or a preacher, but you're a minister in the verb sense, in the action form, uh, and that just simply means to to give or supply. That's the definition of the word minister. And all of us that have accepted Christ as our Savior now have that commission upon our lives to not just preach the gospel and not Bible-thump people, but to love them as Christ loved them and to pick them up as he picked them up. And I think about the, uh, the woman at the well when Jesus said, I have needs, I must go by Samaria. And it goes back to that timing thing where we're talking. Jesus knew that that woman was going to be at that well at that particular moment. And it was an event in her life because he was obedient, because he didn't uh, have his own agenda, because he wasn't too busy, but instead did the Father's work. And it was an event that changed not only her life, but the lives of an entire city as she went and Amen. shared what this man had done. And we don't always realize uh, Billy Graham is used as an example a lot in this, but somebody led Billy Graham to the Lord. And by leading him to the Lord, how many countless of thousands or even millions have been led to the Lord as a result of that? And we don't know how that one moment in time where the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit directing us to do something that may seem simple or it may even seem crazy but we don't know that God's not using that one moment to affect a city, to affect a state, or to affect a nation. We can never be too uh, selfish with our time that we can't give God those moments when he asks for them. You know, we were, you were talking about that you can reach out and do something for anyone can. To give an example, I was sitting right here in this studio Friday night on with a L.A. witnessing team that I had trained many, many years ago, and as they were talking to people, I said, uh, the next one that comes out of the store, can you let me talk to them on the cell phone? I was getting into it, and and it, it was just, uh, I wanted to, to speak to someone. And so 1,500 miles away from where I'm at, they handled this gentle, they handed this gentleman the cell phone, and I said, I'm an evangelist from Arkansas. And he said, well, this is Conrad, and my family lives in Arkansas. There's the timing of God, sitting right here in the studio, begin to talk to him, ask him that question, 100 years from tonight, what is it? Don't know, not sure. And so, just live on, you know, he he's talking to a cell phone, and and he's talking to me 1,500 miles away, and he's coming to Christ. And you can hear the broken voice after. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So even the next person that calls you on the phone, show the compassion that you're talking about. Because it says in Matthew 9.36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. 
he um he saw the need, didn't he? Yes, he certainly did. He felt it, he saw it. He reached out and touched those that no one would touch. He spoke to those that no one would care about. He loved the unlovable. What an example we have. No, I think that's why he told us, why Paul wrote to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You were talking about the troubles, the economic hardships and things in this nation. Um, from a uh, secular standpoint, you know, those things bother me as much as they do anybody. But from a spiritual standpoint, when troubles come, it often precedes a revival. Uh, the children of Israel would forget God in times of prosperity, but they would remember him in times of trouble. So I believe times of trouble are opportunities, uh, when the fields are white and the laborers are few. But that's when the harvest is most ready, as in times of trouble when people's uh, when people are, are afraid and trembling. Uh, the problem is the church gets afraid and begins to tremble. But Jesus said when you hear of wars and rumors of wars and, and things of that nature, he said uh, some simple words, six simple words. He said, see that you be not troubled. And I believe if the Christians, if the church will begin to trust in God fully and know that uh, he is from the beginning to the end and has everything in his hand, there's nothing out of the control of God, if Christians will begin to strengthen their faith in that, it's much easier for us to detach from the things that trouble us and begin to lift our eyes and look on the fields. And as we've already said, if you look around, you'll find the need. You'll find the opportunities to lead those to Christ. And God will put you, I believe this from the bottom of my shoelaces, God will put you in the proper place at the proper time to lead that one that he's been looking for to him. And uh, I don't know about you. I, I do know about you in this. I don't want to miss that opportunity, and I'm sure you don't. Uh, you don't ever want to miss those opportunities, uh, ever. No, I don't. And a scripture that came to mind when you were talking, he said, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health." And here's his principle: as your soul prospers. So it's so so important that we. Read his word, and when you think about it, the creator of heaven and earth is is placed in our hands to be able to to hold and to view and to read his words. His words are creative, redemptive. There's prosperity in all those things for the kingdom of God. Is why he's lined all of that just for us, and uh, and his word is the truth. People are looking for the truth. Pretty people are looking to be free from fear, and it's through the word. So, Evangelist Stone, I'd like you to uh, take this opportunity, and this will be on people's iPhones and their MP3 players and, and their iPods and everything else, and it'll it'll end it up on people's computers. And it'll be stored, it'll be archived, it'll be replayed, and it'll be replayed. We have almost a half a million people a year that are getting information from our website. And this is going out, you know, to the nations of the world as it's being downloaded. So people are going to hear your invitation, allowing someone the opportunity to come to Christ 
And so, Evangelist Tone, I want your your invitation and your prayer, and they can follow in your prayer to be on here, and that you will be then giving the opportunity to people to come to Christ. So I invite you to do that now if you uh, want to go ahead and give that invitation. Well, I can say that's an honor. Uh, it's always an honor to lead anyone to the King of Kings. And I believe firmly, uh, if we would keep in mind that we were once sinners, and it was his blood that saved us. And uh, a lot of people look at pastors and preachers and evangelists and think they never had a, a, any trouble in their life and they never sinned. But we all came from sin. And I think that's important for anyone listening to this to understand is all of us have at some point in time had to bow our knee and believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior in order for, for us to receive that gift of salvation. And so to anyone that's listening to this, uh, I believe there are, are going to be those that hear this, that you've got an emptiness inside, and you don't know what it is that you're looking for. And I believe I've seen and I believe that there are many that went, they've turned to drugs, and they've turned to alcohol, and they've turned to all forms of things to try to fill that emptiness. But there's only one thing, and it's not a story I've heard. It's not a, a, a story I've read. It's something I've experienced. There's only one thing that can fill that emptiness, and that is the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ our Lord. And so to anyone listening who's looking for something, and you, you're not knowing what it is, I invite you to simply follow this prayer and not just say it to appease anyone around you or not just say it to appease me by any stretch of the imagination, but to say it sincerely, believing that Jesus can be and is the thing that can fill that emptiness in your life. And let's pray together. Father, I pray right now for anyone God, whether it be in the next week, in the next month, or in the next years to come, that listens to this recording. And God, no matter what state the country may be in at that time, no matter what state this world may be in, your word says that you never change, that you're the same always. And just as you're my Savior today in prosperous times, just as you're my Savior in hard times, just as you're my Savior when I'm sick and when I'm well. You're my Savior all the time. So, God, do you desire to be to those listening to this broadcast. And, Father, I pray right now, Lord, that it, they believe as we do that it's divine intervention. They're not listening to this broadcast by accident. They didn't pick this up, God, by mistake. Someone didn't give it to them, and they thought they'd listen to it for fun. But, God, you designed this moment in their lives. This one spot, God, you had planned for them to hear this gospel and for a quickening to begin to happen inside of them. And Father, I pray for those listening to this, God, that if they'll just simply say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and you are what I'm looking for, and I believe you to be the Son of God, I receive you as my Savior. Come into my heart. Change my life. Take away this emptiness and make me a new creature. Make me a new person, as your word promises you will. And I believe if, if they will pray that, I believe that God will save them just as he saved me. I was a sinner, 
Brother, Brother Hobbs, you were a sinner. We were all sinners. And it's only Jesus Christ that makes the difference. Nothing else will ever satisfy that longing. Amen. So if you've prayed that prayer, we'd like you to do a few things. We'd like you to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Read the words of Christ and and others as you read through there. And, and let the love of God from the Scriptures just go into your heart and learn to grow. And we talked about the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Him and obey Him and in. He will begin to show you the things in your life that he would like to change and those things that he would like to increase in your life. And just let God begin to direct your life, find you a local church, and email us too and say, I prayed a prayer today with Pastor Evangelist Stone, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, or I came back to the Lord again and began a fresh new walk. And so if you prayed that prayer, just email me at hobbs at mercystreet.com. And for training materials, I also invite you to go to www.mercystreet.com. And we have another training site at www.elabors.com as well. Well, Evangelist Stone, I appreciate your time. And uh, I know you're busy. And God's doing a great work through you. And uh, I've had the privilege of uh, speaking to you. And um, I really appreciate it. And and, um, you've got a beautiful heart because it's been touched by God. And um, I thank you for letting God to to use you uh, to reach out to this world. We we appreciate the opportunity to to, uh, share this time with you and Obviously, as I've already said, we appreciate your ministry as well, and, and I've learned a lot from uh, visiting your websites and going through your training materials, and uh, I'm always looking for the updates because we can never be too knowledgeable in ways to help others, and uh, I appreciate you and your ministry, and it's just been an honor to be here. God bless you, and we'll talk again, okay? All right, sir. God bless. God bless. God bless. 